Okay, again, we're recording for all the sick people we mentioned before. We are going to the laws of Shabbat. And since my neighbor asked me a question about um, diapers of all things, and I became a granddaddy, so I figured I got to start going back to that great uh, honor of uh, taking care of little babies, which are pure neshamot. So uh, Shabbat is not, I just want to give a disclaimer that Shabbat, the more I get it, going deep and dwelling back into it, it's such a sea of information. Um, today we wanted to talk about one of the 39 malachot. Again, Shabbat, work doesn't mean physically lifting something. Like work, which is the same thing as lighting fire, which in the Torah clearly says is a desecration of Shabbat and it's the, it's a capital punishment. One of the, one of the uh, malachot that we want to talk about is the, the malacha of making a professional permanent knot and untying one. So that's, out of the 39, this is two of them we're covering tonight. So what is this malacha? This is actually very uh, complicated malacha. When I was just looking at my notes from Kolel from 20 some years ago, I wish I would have delved into it more because it's not such a clear cut, um, but anyways, the bottom line, the Rambam, when he wants to introduce us to this, how to observe Shabbat by abstaining from making permanent knots, he says that we always need to talk about these two labors, kosher and matir, tying and untying together, because it's on the other side, right? Anything that it's forbidden to per- per- permanently not, it's forbidden... It's like lighting a fire on Shabbat and extinguishing it. That's also two of the 39, right? So, but same thing, the same, any, any knot that is forbidden to tie is for, forbidden on the pause, opposite side to what? Untie. That's the next step in this whole ladder and, you know, kind of syllabus of the 39 different elements that we have to be always aware of to, be considered Shomer Shabbat. So the um what is the definition of the Malacha? So the definition of the Malacha is very simple. Combining two different items, item A and B, through making a permanent knot. So that's the definition. That we're not allowed to do on Shabbat. And the definition of untying is um separating things that were meant to be permanently tied together, right? So where did we find this in the, uh, right? Because every all of this stuff is learned through the oral Torah from that was passed through Moshe by God from the Mishkan, which is all these parshas that we're having in the end of Shemot. Because where did this manifestate itself in the Mishkan? You know where? First of all, they needed to create nets to catch the chilazon, which gave them the glorious techelet, uh, green-blue color. And also, when they were making the curtains, they were stitching the curtains. At the bottom of it, you need to make part of the design of the fabric tapestry of sewing and weaving is to make permanent knots that the structure of the, you know, tapestry they used to separate the Holy of Holies from the Holy Kodesh to Kodesh HaKodashim when they were weaving 
those uh, most magnificent golden embroidery stuff, obviously part of the the um, in the Mishkan they had to um, weaving product weaving pro the weaving process they needed to make permanent knots. So therefore, we are also forbidden. That is the definition of working on Shabbat, making a permanent knot or untying it. But sometimes they didn't do it exactly, you know, right. So they had to make it like, you know, everything in the Beit HaMikdash had to be a per- perfect design. So if sometimes if they mistied it, you know. You can't read it. No, it, in the Beit HaMikdash, not on Shabbat. They didn't work on Shabbat. They needed to, re- to readjust it so they would untie it. So that's considered work. You understand? So that's why we are forbidden to untie a professional knot. Because a lot of work goes into that. You get what I'm saying? I'm just trying to give you the source of the Torah. Now, the Rambam brings a very interesting thing. Because, you know, Shabbat is like a father and son. Shabbat all has Av Melacha. And then it has the subcategories, which, like, for example, squeezing is, you know, we're not allowed to squeeze any juice on Shabbat. So that comes under the Malach Dash, which means there's the main 39. But not only are those 39 Asr, subcategories which are similar but are not exactly the same also become Toldot. Right? So the, the Rambam says that subcategories of the Malach of Kosher is if you construct a rope. Because how do you construct a rope? You take small threads you keep on, you know, the, these are the thick ropes that the sailors use, right? To anchor their boats to the dock, right? So if you go ahead and construct a rope from scratch, from all the threads, that is also a subcategory of what? The malach of kosher. And if by, by accident, you may, for whatever reason, you want to make a reconstruct one and you want to deassemble all the threads of one of these thick ropes, that would be the malach of what? Matir, untying, right? So just it's just good to know that these are, they go in hand, it's like a glove in a hand. They're two different sides of the coin. It's forbidden to make a knot, permanent knot, and it's forbidden to untie a permanent knot, which uh, we're going to see later. This comes a very, fr- some people, I used to have an anxiety attack when I first became from, and I didn't know the halachas. Oh, you know, I used to tie my shoes on Shabbos. Oh, by mistake, two knots came on top of each other. Kashkenazim are a little bit more machmir, and you know, I didn't know. Like now, I've been studied for thousands of hours, probably throughout my life, the laws of Shabbat. But at that time, so, anyways, the so now let's get. So it's forbidden. Also, the Rambam says to unravel a professional rope. That's a subcategory of untying, right? To unraveling. Just so we should get a basic idea. Now, according to the Rambam, the Shulchan Aruch, and the Rif, the Al-Fasi, which is the basis of all. I just want to tell you a fascinating fact of history, that the first person to come and take out all the non-essential arguments of the Talmud and make it more just the halachic stuff that we actually have to follow was the Al-Fasi. He took a lot of the arguments that weren't just theoretical out of the Talmud. And in the time of the Ran, they didn't used to learn Shas. They used to learn Al-Fasi only. That's why the Ran, Rabbeinu Nisim, which was the greatest of the Rishonim, he came after the time of the Rashba, one of the greatest Spaniard Rishonim, 
which is also, he was also a great doctor like the Rambam, and he was a Rosh Hashiva, and he was an amazing, amazingly uh, functional and capable figures we had in the Sephardic Jewry. But they decided that uh, they wanted to focus more on halachic literature. So they, instead of learning Gemara, they would just learn the Rif. That's why you see the Ram's main pirishes on what? The Alfasi. So the Alfasi, the Rambam, and the no, and the Shulchan Aruch, all hold, no, the Rosh and Rashi hold it different. They hold, what is the Torah definition of a knot that is considered labor? Malacha and Shabbos, which is a capital punishment. So they say there's two criterion. First of all, it has to be a permanent knot. Condition number two, it has to be a professional knot. So once you make a professional and I want to give you a perfect example of this. The knots of Sisit. This, every Jew at his bar mitzvah and the Kohanim, we have Kohanim here, when they bless us, they put the Sisit over their head. And one of the main, most uh, precious mitzvahs we have is the mitzvah of Talit Katan, Talit Kadol, Sisit. That is a classical malacha, right? Obviously. No Jew with the sane mind would, <laughs> Shabbat is not the time to tie your Sisit, because first of all, it takes a professional to tie those, right? It's not, regular people don't know how to do it. It's very intrinsic. And it, you, when you tie the Sisit to your, um, when you tie the Sisit to your uh, uh, Talit Kadol or Talit Katan, it's there for me forever. So that's something that's considered what? Work on Shabbat. Now, according to these Rishonim and what we hold as Sephardim, the Halacha, any time the tie you're making isn't professional, it's the Rabbana. If you, which means if you, if you have both conditions, you did something that you need to do major chuvan because you were, you desecrated Shabbat, right? But as long as you, it's a permanent knot, even though it isn't a professional knot, but it's a professional knot, even though it's a, per, um, it's a non, it's professional, but not permanent. You still have desecrated Shabbat rabbinically because Chachamim want to keep you away from the danger zone, right? So you need to do, right? Now, uh, unfortunately, when I was preparing this year, it took me a long time because there's a little, because the Rashi, the Rosh, and the Ramah, the Ashkenazim, they have a different definition of what they hold like this. And I want to read it verbatim just so I shouldn't, I want to be very, Clear. My number one goal in my shiram that I don't want anybody to misunderstand. And they don't require the condition like the Rambam and the Sephardic Halacha does. They're not concerned that it be a professional, right? That's not part of their criterion. They only care that it is a permanent or not. So according to them, According to the Ashkenazim, the Rashi, our holy master Rashi, and the Rosh, and the Ramah, which Paskins Azoi, they hold as long as it's a permanent knot, it's forbidden from Torah. Aye, what makes it rabbinic? Once you, you make a knot that you Plan on opening. Now that's another machlekes we shining. What permanent is? Some say three days. Some say a week. Some say 
a day, it's like, but once you're, whatever way you, you define it, Ravavadya goes with a week, let's say a week. So they hold as long as you plan on opening this knot, um, less than a week, it's only Rabbana. So that's why I just, I, I wasn't so familiar because I, you know, I'm a Sephardi rabbi. I wasn't, I'm not, it's kind of, uh, but since the, the, the safer that we're basing the shiur on brings, brings down the, the shit of the Rama, it's, it's time as well. I want to tell you a, a wonderful phenomenon. And that is that, um, like we said in the Messiah Yesharim, we have to love and respect each other and everybody has holy minhagim and, we're all the son of one, Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, and, and nobody's holier. And um, I personally went to Neri Israel. I own a, a world of uh, indebted to uh, my Rebbeim in Neri Israel. That you know, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Baruch Hashem, the modern authors, especially in the last 20, 30 years, when they write halachic literature, they both quote. Like even in Ravavad, you will say the Ashkenazim hold like this, which means it's very prestigious and honorable. Which means we we we're not here. I want I can't confess that I'm a um, expert on Ashkenazi halacha, but uh, a lot of the contemporary Sfaradim or Ashkenazi Sfarim, uh, they're starting more and more to bring both. Just like the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch has a Shulchan Aruch, which is a Sfari halacha, and the Rama in the Parentheses writes what Ashkenazim hold, right? So that itself is, by the way, you know, a miracle. How he didn't go write his own book. He was so humble, Rabbi Moshe Israelis, the Ramah. Yeah, that he said, which means it comes out of amazing phenomena. Even like we said in the Ramchal, we're in Galut. But can you imagine every rabbi that wants to get smicha? Every single Jew, even though we're, you have, 50 different types of Jews, Minhagim, Algerian Jews, uh, from Algiers, from Morocco, from each one has his own, everyone, except the Shulchan Aruch. Isn't that a modern miracle? And then uh, everybody refers to one place. And in his great humility, the Ramah is... Um, following the Shulchan Aruch, unless his minhag is otherwise. So he can't just abandon what his, you know, uh, forefathers, the Rabbeinu Tam, which were great people, Rashi and the Tosfot, which, um, give more credit into the Talmud Yushami. But, uh, that's what I'm just trying to bring out that, um, not always in our Shirim do we mention the Ashkenazi point of view, but it's one, it's heartwarming to see that more and more, whether the author of the contemporary halachic Teshuvah is Sephardic or Ashkenazic, any vice versa, they always bring out the um, opinion of the, our other brothers. So anyways, the golden goo, the million dollar question here is, especially for the Ashkenazim, because that makes it or breaks it for them. Us, we have two criteria again, right? PP, permanent professional for us, only makes it Asumida But for the Ashkenazim, so like I said, there's a machloket. Somebody say, somebody says that the definition of a permanent knot, some hold the most machmer shita is as long as you're not planning on opening it on Shabbat, it's permanent. 
Which means if you're pr- planning to tie this and you're going to open it before Shabbat is over, so that's not even Asumidurabanan according to the, you know, that's not considered permanent. Whatever way you want to fit it into the Ashkenazim sheet. I'm sorry, I just, it's hard for me. But the, like we explained before, what is according to them? Some hold three days, some hold a week. Now it happens to be, since here I'm a Sephardic rabbi and we're all Sephardic here, um, and everybody is uh, more than welcome to talk to their local Orthodox rabbi. Um, Ravavadya goes with the most lenient shita, and he holds that seven days is considered what? Permanent. So any not that you don't plan on living from, you plan on opening within the week, which means if you tie this Shabbat, right, and you're going to open it next Friday, is that considered permanent? No. Permanent is only that you tied it this Shabbat and it's going to last till when? Next Shabbat. So, according to Ravavadya, it comes out any not that you're planning on opening up, that you tie this Shabbat and you're going to open up by Friday next week. So it's not permanent. And if it's not professional, it's okay. Right? It's completely kosher, yosher. You could tie such a knot on Shabbat. And his reason is very simple. Because we Sephardic, we follow the Rambam and the Rif. And now the problem is the Shulchan Aruch actually doesn't come down. Which is really... One reason that I got very confused in this year is the Shulchan Aruch no way tells us he holds one day, three days, or seven days. But Ravavadya is compelled to argue that right? We hold for sure, as long as it's not professional, even if you want to leave it for a week or more, it's only Rabbanic, right? Because you need both of the piece, right? So he says, So Ravadia says, since already um, you're not dealing with a professional knot, right? So the permanentness is only by default became Rabbanan, right? Because you only have one of the two conditions, criteria. So already he says we can take the more, right? Because anything that's a Rabbanan, we take the most lenient. Safek the Rabbanan, the Kulab. When endowed by Rabbanan, that's why Ravadia's rationale has to go by seven. You understand? Because once the knot you're making is not professional, so it's only rabbinic, even if you want to keep it for more than a week. So, so he, he says that he argues he's compelled to paskin, come down with the most lenient shita, that as long as you open it within a week, you're fine. Now it happens to be, just to make you more confused, <laughs> the Danishchai and the Kafahaim, they are, they go to the polar opposite extreme. They say as long as you, they pass in like the Ashkenazim. That as long as you don't plan on opening this up before Shabbat is over, that's considered permanent. And it's also to make such a knot on Shabbat. Parenthetically, there's a very important chidah. Now the Ramad, now the another million dollar question, which makes this very hard, it was very hard for me prior this year, and I really wanted to go to more the diaper and the, because also the question is if you can you make a uh, permanent knot when you want to throw out your trash, one of the most common shilas. 
right? You, a lot of people I've been already using for almost 20 years, the pull string, right? It's very easy, right? You pull it. Backs up. But if you go, most people make a permanent knot and close it. So that's going to be the end of the next part of this year. We want to get into the practical cases, but just to let you know, that's how the Benish Chai holds. Now, there is a Ramah in this, it's brought down in the, some post scheme that they hold, it's a very big million dollar question, what's considered professional? Now, the Rambam says professional is like the sailor, right? Like, to make such a knot that is such a professional knot that, um, is going to hold your boat, boat to the port and is such a strong knot, only that's Midoraisa, according to the Rambam. Only Taze, you have a second condition that it needs to be permanent. Because even if you make such a professional knot and you want to open it within a week or with, you know, whatever, it's still not right considered malacha. So the Chidah brings down, and by the way, Chidah is the king of all Sephardic Achronim, which after the Shulchan Aruch, one also always have to know the same way that uh, we have a lawyer here. In, in law, we give a certain weight to a Supreme Court ruling and then a lower court ruling, right? Appellate court. On the totem pole of Sephardic Poskim uh, is the Haida. Marana Haida, he wrote 70 books. And so much so that some communities even accept him as their Shulchan Aruch, which means there's Rav Yosef Karo. And they, just like we say Maran, our master, the Shulchan Aruch, they say Marana Haida. He has an extraordinary high influence and reverence his, in his Sephardic way. So the Chida writes in his Sefer, Hallmark Sefer, Birke Yosef, that he says the Sephardic custom is don't freak out. Like I used to when I first became Balchul and Frum. He says, you should know we have a Sephardic Kabbalah that even two knots that are on top of each other because you should know, and the, they used to read Jalabiyas. They used to all, used to have like the robe, like Arabs, like that dress. So he said they always used to have a belt to make sure that, like. So he says, and I want to read for you the Marana Haida verbatim. He says, he says that in our land in Israel, Hebron, Yerushalayim, our minhag is that even if you have two knots on top of each other. And you want to uh, go rest on Shabbat afternoon or Shabbat night? It's okay to open it, right? Because again, I said anything that's forbidden to open would be forbidden to make. So if it's okay to untie two double knots on top of each other, it's okay to even tie those in order to make sure your jalabi or your whatever, as long as you're going to open it within a week, according to Ravadi, right? So I'm just trying to bring that out that according to Sfardin, two double knots, even a knot on top of another knot. Does not make it professional. Okay? Um, he says there's some chasidim that are mekel in my city, in, in the Holy Land. But the, um, Ravavadi also writes that Minhag Pashut, it's a Sephardic custom, which is, uh, well-known Sephardic custom that we can open two knots that are on top of each other. Even though the Ashkenazim are worried, paranoid that that, perhaps that would already get into the part of professional, that's not what we hold. And as long as you want to open them within seven days, 
It's mutar. If you want to be machmir and perhaps open it within the Shabbat itself, you should get blessed, Rabbi says. But definitely, if there's for your, um, present yourself in honor of Shabbat, there's sorech that you, for women, like certain women on their, their tichos, they need to make a double knot or else they're gonna, they can't go to shul because the, t- the thing is, their hair is gonna show. Or like the guy's wearing a jalabi or a certain thing, his, his, his clothes is gonna be as a, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a wardrobe misfunction. Then Rabbi Vadya says, lechatchila, you could be makeable to make a double knot. You understand? So this is very important because Ashkenazi say otherwise, it's important. So now let's get to all the contemporary Shilas. The Shiloh that my neighbor asked me that compelled me to go down this road is a very interesting one. And that is, let's say, actually my sister-in-law asked me. The reason I wanted to give a share on this specific item is I think three people asked me this question within the last month about laws of Shabbat. Which means, let's say you do you clean your baby's diaper. Now in order to, for sake of I always tell my kids the smell makes me my neshama pagum. So you want to keep the, uh, I used to always put a scarf around my nose when I used to change the diapers. All my kids make fun of me. They know that. The Benishkai says it's hazardous to your neshama to smell bad things. Yeah. yeah. As also, uh, it's not good to see bodies of people getting shot and dead and violent photographies. Benishkai writes okay. it. It's, it's not good based on the reason. It's not good for your neshama. It makes your, makes you like, uh, achsar. Yeah, it makes you numb. No, of course not. <laughs> this whole shit is to teach you how to do it in a kosher way. <laughs> so, it's, but, but anyways, no, seriously speaking, the question is very simply, after you finish doing the dirty diapers, can you, because when you tape it closed, it's permanent. You're taping, it's not permanent. So no, a told of taping of it's it's remember like the Rambam says making a rope is like tying when you when you put all the threads together. So the uh, this part of the shear is actually an author that I fell in love with. I used to sit next to him in shul. I've been in Israel three times in the last six months. Somebody points out the guy that sit next to shul is the author, one of the greatest Sephardic poskim of our time that knows the Mishnah Bura back and forth, and he's so humble. I sat next to this author. And I thought he was just a random guy. That's, that's such an Israel experience. That's a, such an Israel experience. But he's a, he's just a genius. So much so that my son's Rosh Hashiva says that he may be the next chief rabbi, this guy. That's so humble and like he doesn't, but he, he knows everything. He needs, he knows the Mishnah Berurah and the Shvarak, all halacha, like you know the ABCs. So, um, he's just cute. That's why he wanted to designate this year and bring down his Torah. Cause I also, Heard that a lot of people in the shul are very excited to hear his shirim. He's uh, he's very clear and very like Ravavadi, a very very broad spectrum. But th- the bottom line that I want to get to here is that there's a the question that comes up is like the diaper. You j- just are allergic to the smell, right? You're sensitive to the smell. You want to close it. You don't really care that it. Per- once you throw it in the garbage, you don't really care. It could get an open up once it's out of your vicinity and, you know, bothering your. So is that allowed or not? So he brings a fascinating Maharal Diskin. The Maharal Diskin was the chief Chacham of Yerushalayim. He was a very Choshev 
Ashkenazi rabbi, which we saw the Ashkenazim were very machmer, more machmer than the Svevot. They have a different understanding of how to understand the laws of tying and untying. But he says a fascinating Kiddush, even according to the Ashkenazim. And Kalvachomer according to the Svarim. He says, and he brings a riot from no, none other than Azazel on Yom Kippur. He says, and I'll read for you. Yeah. It's hard to argue on Israel. I don't know. I, I didn't have that much time to go deep in the Suya. I'm not learning this full time in Kailu, but he says a fascinating chidush. He says permanent knot is only if you want it to be for 24 hours. But if you only want it for a few minutes or a few hours, after that, you're more than happy. You don't even care. You have no interest for it to be knotted anymore. Even though it technically ends up in the end of the day being knotted, he says it's considered in halacha temporary. Tremendous chidush. You understand? He says the way, it's very deep what he's saying. He's saying here the intention is more important than the result. You understand? You understand? So by the diapers, your intention is only for a few minutes for a few seconds, actually, you just want to think it within a. You're going to throw it into the into a diaper pail or thing, so you don't. So your intent is temporary, right? Okay. And he brings a raya from none other than Azazel, because keep something in mind. We know all the laws of Kippur are equal to the laws of Shabbat. You know that. So, one of the things we do on Yom Kippur is we tie the red string. To the rock and to the between the horns of Azazel. So if it becomes white, we know that Hashem forgave us. Now, why are you allowed to do that? We never find that they need to open it up after we throw them off the cliff. Because there's one tied to the rock and one tied to between his horns. But he and I, he says that the um he says, from here you see, since it's only a symbolic thing, that you tie it and you throw him off. Once he's off the cliff, do you care for it, for his tie between the, the red string that's between his horns to be tied? No. So he says, that's what, that's his raya. It's a tremendous chidush. Nobody really holds of this, but this is, so whether it's permanent or not is dependent on your intent. Exactly. That's what the Maharal... I mean, he's bringing a valid raya from, from none other than the most one of the most famous uh, procedures we do on Yom Tekoin. So he says, halachically, in the world of the... You know, always, you know, great chachamim could say great things, but we also have peer review. So in, in, the, in the end of the day, final analysis... He says, if you look at Chacham Ben Sion and Rabbi Vadia in Halichot Olam, which I looked up, and uh, Rav Shama Zalman, most posts can hold that even if you just want it for a few hours or a few seconds, as long as it's permanently going to be, even though your intention is, you only benefit from it. You understand what's going on here? You only benefit from this thing being tied for a few hours or a few moments. Like Azazel, right? It's a part of the procedure of the Torah that should be not, and then you throw them away, right? So, but they say at the end of the day, if something is going to be there either for a day or a w- three days or a week, whatever you, you, you see, 
it's forbidden to do it on Shabbat. So therefore, if the diaper is the type that it's like a tape, then it would be forbidden to fold it over and permanently do that. So same thing by tying your trash. If you're per- permanently going to make, at least it's also the Rabbanah according to the Sfarim, right? If you're going to make a dead knot there and tie it and throw it away, so it's going to be like that forever. You're not going to open it within a day or three days or a week. So it's also to do that, the Rabbanah. So if you want to throw away your, so I'm saying, these halachot are very lamaisa. I mean, all of them are. Regarding your shoes also, now you don't have a problem, by the way, you should know. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes you come by mistake, you do a knot on top of a knot. So th- that we saw already, Mufurish, the Chida says it's not a problem. Even the Chathchila, you could tie it if you, whatever your shoes in a certain way that you want it to be snug, sturdy. And for sure to open it, if by accident it became like that, it's okay, right? As long as you open it within a week, right? And, but it comes out, at least the Rabbanan, we should be, there, by the way, there are poskim, which were very chosh of a poiskim, like the Sitz Eliezer, the Rav of, uh, one of the great friends of Rav of Adyan, the Rav of Eidach Haredus, or Weiss, the, the Minchas Yitzchak, they say perhaps, by the case of the trash can and diapers, they, they kind of, they do go with the Maral Diskin. So, just if you see anybody does it, they're not a total shaykit, they're not a Mechal Shabbos. But, uh, the, the Halacha, we, fo- we follow the Prince of Sephardi Halacha, we follow Rav of Adya, and um, because especially one of the great Rishonim, the Rivash, is mashma that you should be machmer. But another case of this is, so again, throwing out your garbage, you shouldn't make a permanent knot and throw it away. Because again, it, you, you are doing one of the P's. You're per, it's true, it's not professional, but it's permanent. So at least it's Asumidere, Rabbana. Right? Or he brings another case of... Um, or again, anything that you're going to want to fold up after the end of using or um, he brings a case here, unfortunately. Um, also, it has to do with um, uh, some type of injection that you would use. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're putting an injection, maybe a diabetic thing. I don't, I'm not sure if anybody knows, you could uh, comment or send me it to maorsm at gmail.com, what it meant. But anyways, um, but he says a very important thing, and we'll end with this part of the shiur, and that is, is that um, uh, the, the, the issue over there is most of the diapers, my neighbor explained to me, are Velcro nowadays. So Velcro, good news to all those people that are sensitive like me to bad smell. Velcro is not considered a kesher at all. It's considered like locking and opening a door. If you look under a microscope, what's happening there, are you allowed to unlock and lock a door? It's not considered that you made a kesher because it's same thing under a microscope. If the, just the, 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 me, halachically, the mechani- mechanism of Velcro shoes. So if you have Velcro shoes, remember it used to be very popular. I don't know my Dave, especially younger kids. A lot of their shoes are Velcro. Yeah. Yeah, so what? Let's say for, for for I know adults that have uh, arthritis problems. They also use Velcro shoes because it's hard for them to tie. So are you going to tell me that you the Velcro? You're a lazy person. You slip your foot into the shoe. 
Velcro is not considered a kesher at all. Because it's like unlocking and locking a door. So it comes out that um, uh, that all the postkin, Rabavadia, Rabazna, all the postkin concur that Velcro, if the diaper is such that it's a Velcro diaper, which most of the uh, high quality normal diapers are a black thing, the second you finish thinking it, you Velcro close it, it's not considered, it's not even under the category of what we gave our whole shear on. Is it considered like locking a door, whatever? It's a totally different mechanism. It's totally fine. I just wanted to say one second, Psakalaka, how about tying a tie? Very Nagay. Rab Moshe talks about it. So the, what we pass in Lahalacha regarding uh, tying a tie is very simple. That the um Asula Asobi Shabbat Kesher Banivash of Shimla Nyu Dabakesha Shekema. If you're like me that you permanently keep your when you tie your buy a new tie and you permanently keep it like this. That the uh no paskins it's a problem. Because it's it's permanent. You're making a permanent knot. No, if you did it before during the week you already tied the knot. No 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 if you tie no that for sure. Okay. If you tied it before Shabbat if, when you after you took a shower before Shabbat you went and tied your knot you're always allowed to loosen and unloosen it. That's perfectly fine. This is a case where you, Shabbat morning, you got up. You want to tie a brand new tie on Shabbat? Shabbat, you want to keep it there forever. Even that, some post-game world, it's like a, a bow tie. You know, a bow tie is not considered a knot under halacha, by the way. In a sense, that's why shoes are really never a problem unless you make, make it a deadlock tie. But a tie that when you pull it, it's just the bow tie. That's not considered a tie halachically. So a lot of people don't know that. So uh, that's just very nagea deka thing. So so he says, bottom line regarding neckties for men, Nikol makom, Adam atir. As long as you tie the tie on Shabbat, right again, halacha is like everything else in life. Once you get the rules of the road, then the case is easily you could get to a conclusion. So if you, halakhically, we Sephardim don't hold that it's a professional knot, the tie of a knot. Everybody, every man knows how to make one. You don't need to, right? So as long as you tie the tie on Shabbat morning and you're going to open it like a Ravavadi within a week, or if you, the, the most machmer post scheme, Within a day after Shabbat is done, it's okay. Even when my shows like that, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So mutar likshor v'latira, Hashem should help us that um, um, it's a great, great zechut to keep Shabbat according to Allah. and um, it is a very important part of the Torah that. Um, the Chazal tell us if the Jews would keep even one Shabbat according to Halacha, Mashiach would come right away. And we see now, right now, because even one, two Malachas had so many, and I didn't even scratch the surface. There's like dozens of other cases, but I hope we at least brought to your attention some of the good cases. Have a great Shabbat and a great week and a great day.